Hello everyone, this is Diego from New Game of Flame, together as usual with Wido. Hi. And Andy. Hey, how are you doing? So, it's uh, September now, summer's over, we are back from vacations for one of our regular episodes after so many specials. How have you two been doing all this time? Yeah, I'm, I've been uh, f- uh, very fine. We we didn't do a lot in the summer holiday. Uh, my kids were, of course, off school for like six weeks or something. But we only went away to campsites for two weeks. That's it. Uh, but in the meanwhile, I, uh, I also took another job. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm now officially a bike messenger. It's a sort Lovely. of... <laughs> it was always a sort of, I don't know if, it, if I can call it a dream. <laughs> it's more like a vision that I always wanted to do it. Do you have to do an interview to get to the, get this, a job like that? Or is it just um, the, the skills, like bike skills? Did I get, a, get an interview? Not really, no. I, uh, yeah, they, you have to have a bike skills. You have also have to uh, go with a more experienced messenger. Uh, he teaches what you have to do. So so he did a review for me and uh, it all was fine. It was not really the first time that I did bike messaging. I already did that like, I think seven years ago. But that was with food. And now uh, I'm uh, bringing parcels around. I, I ride around with a, with a cargo bike and also with a, sometimes with a trailer. So it's uh, pretty heavy. And I'm, I mostly did this not because of the money but i just want to get moving and uh, yeah it's quite quite heavy uh sometimes i i'm i'm i have a shift from like five o'clock in the evening until like 10 o'clock or something mm. so it's five hours of cycling and walking around and uh, and i once uh, measured it with a with a heart rate monitor and i burned like three thousand calories wow, wow. so uh yeah, and I do that two nights in a two nights in a week. So, well, it's sort of a paid gym. Yeah, uh, we know <laughs> that you're very passionate about bicycles in general, but this is also a brilliant combo of job and fitness at the same time. Right. That that was the idea. Yeah, and it also comes with hidden benefits. I can imagine your wife looking at your thighs, looking. We do is looking very, very fit. <laughs> you have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> but sure yeah <laughs> that helps I'm quite interested in uh, I, I was expecting you to have to do like a, you know when you well, I've done a motorbike um, license and to do to, to get it you have to do like a, an obstacle course sort of thing mm-hmm. I was expecting you to have to do something like that it's similar like a high priority parcels and then you have to go like all uh, parkour with a bicycle and you know, well, sli- I, I, slip under the trucks that come in and then throw the parcel, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's not that spectacular. <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, I had to do a ride around the building. That's oh, it. wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone in the Netherlands can ride a bicycle pretty well. So 
I think that's not really a big problem. Like the bike handling skills, I think oh, everybody would. Nice. And you don't go for that job if you can't cycle, probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, step I, I'm, I'm absolutely the 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 most uh, the the oldest person there over there <laughs> because there's all. All my colleagues are like students and, and they can really sleep in after a night of work. But uh, I'm quite destroyed sometimes. Uh, the day after. It's, it takes to getting used to, doesn't it, as well? How are your legs? Have you got like massive legs now? No, not, not really. But sometimes I had one shift and I was like, uh, I think I was at four o'clock. I went from home and I think I was at 11 o'clock in the night. I was back. Gosh, uh, that's uh, and also cycle uh, to my job and back, so that's <laughs> a, a lot of cycling. And um, yeah, the day after that, I was just laying in bed the whole day. I couldn't I do anything anymore. It was like I was absolutely destroyed. How many kilometers is it for one delivery that, or not, for the day? That's you not know? super. It's not a lot. It's oh, like no. maybe twenty kilometers. Okay, but uh, because you're. Yeah, you have to stop all the time and walk to an address and uh, deliver the package and go back. Uh, there's a lot of walking as well. So yeah, yeah. very uh, fit. Yeah, it's it's quite cool. But uh, I wonder what happens when it's winter and slippery and okay, dark yeah, outside careful, and yeah. stuff like that. That uh, that will be. Uh, and by the way, how how are the drivers? Are they respectful of? Uh, Bike, oh, absolutely! In the Netherlands, it's it's a lot better than, mm -mm. for example, Italy. Yeah, yeah, we uh, have, we have uh, kill set, the bikers stories about uh, riders like getting hit and get into traffic accidents because uh, um, I don't think uh, Italian cities are traditionally very bike friendly. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> and the drivers also might not be that used to having. Share, having to share the street with bicycles and uh, in my experience in Italy it's really scary to drive ride around on a bicycle <laughs> there's there's definitely uh, in the Netherlands there's still a lot of angry drivers but uh, we also have a lot of bicycle lanes so we can just stay on our own bicycle lane and then we're safe from drivers and I think that helps a lot yeah. yeah, but here we have like biker lanes and isn't it annoying when they've got like a huge, they just made a huge bike lane for the bikes up, down. So there's two lanes inside the, the bike track. Uh, but the the bike, the, the cyclists stay out there on, on the road. And that does get to me sometimes. I'm like, you got the whole thing built for you, you know, and then go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, our bike lanes are most of the time really separate from the, the road. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, so there's like a separation in between the two, and I think in the in the seventies or something, there was a lot of protests to to get a lot of bike bike lanes in the Netherlands. Right. And since then, there, there, yeah, it really lifted off, and we have like I think one of the biggest uh, bicycling networks uh, in the world. But I think maybe Dan Denmark is. Uh, surpassing us now oh, right <laughs> we can get everywhere on bicycle lanes it's it's crazy but that's, uh yes yeah. awesome that's awesome yeah. that's uh really good it helps a lot with safety mm. yeah yeah all right anyway well good luck with your new job of course and uh, 
Uh, yeah, speaking... hopefully I've got a little bit fitter now. <laughs> and speaking about good health habits, uh, I just had a conversation today with a very old friend of mine about uh, the secrets to long life. So he dropped me a question and I want to drop the same question to the two of you because I think that all oh, the three of us are generally interested in you know things that improve your health or stay fit and everything. But basically, uh, well, this friend has been reading lots of books about it and the latest one that he really liked was about a person who went around the world in seemingly very different regions that where they it doesn't look like people in those regions live the same kind of life but apparently they all share very unusual long lifespans mm. and these for example include Sardinia Sardinia the oh, entire I've heard island or Okinawa yeah, and, yeah, and they're blues, blue areas or something blue like that. Zones. Mm. Blue zones. Yeah. And even, for example, Ecuador, that's very different. So uh, he was asking me, well, can you think what are, in your opinion, the four strongest correlations between life habits and having a long life that these researchers have found in these very different countries, despite not having that much in common? I, I didn't, I didn't hit the whole four. So I, I would like you to take some couple of guesses of what uh, did he find. I think there's a lot of uh, manual labor over there, so like farmers and a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of hard work, <laughs> like not computer work, desk work with really <laughs> physical labor. Good uh, point. That's, I, I think so. That's uh, almost what he said. But keep going. I uh, think, it's my uh, turn afterwards. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you go you oh, with your four. And I then also uh, think uh, they're really uh, low on uh, animal, uh, like meat. And uh, I think that they, they, they still eat meat, but only right. in a really, so lo not a lot of animal fats, I think. Uh, wow. It's probably pollution takes a role. Hmm. That was not in the least, but uh, no? well, mm. not in the four strongest correlations, but of course okay. it plays plays some part as well. Andy, do you uh, want to guess something also? No, let let Wido do his four, then I'll tell you mine. Ah, okay, maybe okay. they're they're maybe they're outside more. It's more fresh air. Outdoor life. All right, all right. Okay, so that's your <laughs> four guesses. That's my four. <laughs> okay, Andy. Good luck, Andy. <laughs> so I I thought about this loads, like. Um, I think uh, with my partner, we talk about this quite a lot. What is What are the things that make you live longer? And what we keep going back to is keep active. So keep your body moving and doing stuff. And uh, eat well. And then sleep well. And no stress. And no stress. Those are the no ones. Stress. Mm. So you, you keep stress-free. And then obviously there must be a social component inside one of these as well, because I think as humans, we need to be a bit social. Otherwise, right. you know, it's not it's not a good. The, um, so I think these four plus this, I mean, I don't know where that fits. Live, uh, you know, stress-free is probably where you have friends and people to talk to. And uh, I think that that's sort of melds in together. But these are my four. Mm -hmm. if, uh, yeah. so they, no, I think both both of you are are, uh, are guessing most of them right. But I also 
didn't guess the the fourth one to be honest but anyway first one i think was the easiest is food yes that mm, has yeah. a big big play in in having a long life and uh, certainly all these regions have a more vegetable oriented kind of eating habits not necessarily like fully vegan but uh, a lot less interest in meats but also together with this there was the idea of uh, really not eating that much like for mm. example i think you and have lived in japan you know japanese people best of all mm. i kind of have the idea that they don't really eat that much they, they don't they do, but they drink a lot <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right all right maybe that that's not uh but I, no, I no, maybe not in okinawa it. yeah mm. yeah okay yeah and yeah physical activity is was the second big one well let's say psychophysical activity also mental activity is important but uh, not really hard work but um, he explained to me that uh, the biggest thing that these researchers found was with the light uh, activity light physical activity spread across the day you know walking mm. a lot biking a lot uh, even uh, living in a place where there's slopes to climb like hills and mountains has a positive effect. So it doesn't have to be maybe like we like doing all of us going to the gym, <laughs> but uh, spreading this around uh, and not sitting all, all day long. And third big one was social activity. Yeah, it was really, really important and maybe a bit surprising to many people, but uh, whether it's family or non-family, but having uh, relations and living together with people, having conversation, makes somehow your uh, lifespan longer for some reason. I think that's a lot of stress reducing as well. Yeah, I if guess. If you have a lot of social activity, then you get a lot less stressed. Yes, I absolutely. I think that because I know that I have problems with stress and that's usually because I try to solve everything by myself, even <laughs> sharing <laughs> sharing something with some friends and oh, all of a sudden it's not that big deal anymore. Hmm. And the last one, I, I didn't guess it right. And it's maybe difficult to frame a little bit, but it had to do with something like having a sense of purpose and belonging. Mm. Yeah, and for example, well. it could be uh, feeling really part of your community. So maybe in uh, it could be living in smaller areas where you know everyone and you feel more responsible about what you do it could be about your work like japan japan has a big work culture in my opinion too much i i think they're a bit nuts with work <laughs> uh, the way they like they they relate with the companies for example yeah they really want the company to succeed at any cost it's a bit too much for me but it might also improve the the sense of purpose and that's what makes mm. them keep going longer. <laughs> but the, the the weird thing is that this friend pointed out is that sometimes this sense of purpose can come from uh, more strange areas, like <laughs> like I, I think we 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 all read that every now and then. There's lots of uh, uh, very uh, rich people who are very very old, also like this Uncle Scrooge type of people. And it might even be that for them, greed is their sense of purpose. Not something oh, wow. that I would recommend to anyone, but uh, it could be that maybe it makes their life longer. 
Because greedy they, centenarians, yeah. They they want to keep going and make more money, <laughs> more money than they have. But anyway, I think that's, uh, of course, this is one of many researches. People have been talking about these kind of things for ages now, but it's good to think about every now and then and maybe maybe improve a little bit our own habits. I think I'm lacking in most of these points. <laughs> well, you eat healthy and you you do uh, physical activity, so uh, that's already the half of it. <laughs> yeah, well, Stre- the stress free is difficult. I think the stre- because yeah. we live in such a like a very world. yeah hectic yeah, society that that is difficult. That is not. Yeah. But it's it's do- interesting that uh, I have a funny story about those blue zones. Is that uh, they're building a n- neighborhood next to my house. Uh, which uh, supposed to be the new blue zone in the world. <laughs> they, oh my they aim to be that to be a blue zone, but it's like five department buildings or something. And I, I don't know why they they try to. They say yeah, it will be very healthy. We we will prevent cars and uh, I don't know. They have a lot of ideas to make it a blue zone, but it's in the center of a city. Mm, in the okay. center of the Netherlands, which is already really crowded. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know uh, how they plan to do that, but uh, quite ambitious. Yeah. And they probably feel blue zone. Hopefully we'll, <laughs> they'll get there and maybe you can move there then. Yeah. It's, it's like a five minutes walk for me. <laughs> I know. But then you can live there and be like the centenarian on the bike and uh, <laughs> well, yeah. deliver messages. Let, let's, uh, let's see if that, uh, that's uh, in the possibilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Andy, you probably also have uh, something happening in the holidays. Uh, my holidays were too short. Uh, they were, I, in, in a way, they, they they were very long. But the the um, the bulk of it was in Spain with the kids. But it was nice. It was nice, but very short. Uh, and then we came home. I took some more holidays by myself to recover from the holidays, as you do. <laughs> That's the holidays with kids is not an holiday. <laughs> you have to cover. Now, they're going to listen to this and say, Danny, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Um, so, yeah, that was really nice. Um, nothing special happened there, to be honest. But um, I did receive your parcel reader. So thank you very much for all the snacks. I finally I do. Abs- yeah, well, well, thank you. Um, thank you for the gift. I will have to reciprocate somehow. I'll, I'll, I might just send you either some consoles uh, or some snacks or maybe both. I am, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was before I, your work, right? You didn't, you didn't deliver it by bike. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah you, you should deliver it by bike next time. That would be so amazing. Come here. Yeah. That, that, Ring that. my doorbell. It's Weedo. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you sent me two sweet snacks. It was the Herschkel. I don't know how to say that, really. Hexi the, yeah. The salmiaki sort of licorice sort of um, little nibs that are really good, covered in, in sugar. And yeah. then the Tania, I think they call them. I don't remember exactly. No, no, uh, Coquintjes. Yeah, the other ones. They're always <laughs> licorice. Really good, but the, the the really special ones are the the, the ones with the salmiaki. They're so good. I could, one day, one night, I just sat no one day. Well, one night I sat on the couch and I just ate like half a bag. And the, I know it's not good for me, but then you know, it, well, it was a one off. But really, when it's really gone, good. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, when, that's why I'm saying, telling myself I need to finish them. Just, <laughs> so then I don't have to. I don't. I don't 
get any more to eat because they're gone. They're really lovely, though. So they're like little rolls of licorice, and then inside there's some sort of salmiaki sort of uh, right. paste or something. Yeah. And then outside there's all sugar. And it's this really lovely. And the contrast with the salty, but which is not really salty, it's a bit sour salt. And the licorice and the sugar is really amazing. So you can really eat loads of that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I, that's the one I brought to the, I think it's the Witcher Wiz show. Yeah, you were talking about them, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I found out it's actually Danish, or maybe we, we were fighting if it's Dutch or, or Danish. It's uh, somewhere yeah. in between. So, uh, well, but I'm glad you liked them because uh, I sent them to people in the US and uh, they really hate them. <laughs> Thanks for the Game Gears as well. So I'll be sorting some of those out uh, with um, with the guy from uh, the other, what's it called, Sif. So I think it's called Matt or, or Math or something, and he's going to help me Matthijs. rebuild it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that will go well as well. Good. Uh, the high score challenge has finished. So congratulations to all the winners. So we have picks in the first place. I think then we have uh, Mr. Cook and Plastic Man. I don't remember in which order properly, but congratulations to them for the mega high scores. So. I think Plastic Man and Mr. Cook both can't use our codes, so they're going to go to the next people down, which I have contacted. I have, I'm still waiting from, for an answer from one of them, but if they don't answer in time, I will have to just skip them because I can't wait forever to give the, the prizes out like next year. <laughs> but I might be taking um, Pick's uh, his prize. Personally, I might meet him. There is a meetup in October in Blackpool. I might be going there with the kids, so I'll... I'll Take that over for him, me, myself, basically. I'm uh, in there. Nice. Anyways, congratulations again. For me, it's been a month or more of a lot of hardware stuff that, as you know, I really love. But I will be very quick because there's so much of it. I can't really um, digress too much on each one of them. So it's been a month where I've been doing a lot of hardware mods and sort-outs and... Uh, using the stuff I bought the previous years. And it all started out because uh, Retro Asylum, which we, sh we shout out to, and especially Mads, had, had um, a game club on OutRun 2000 and... Uh, OutRun Six. 2, sorry. OutRun, OutRun 2. And uh, I wanted to play that because I really love OutRun. It was one of my favorite games back in the day. And so I thought, well, I'll play it on the, on the original Xbox, which then didn't really work there was a leaking cap so I, then i changed oh, the yeah. cap and then that led me to then say well why shouldn't i put an hdmi mod in here and see how that looks and play this game club on the big screen which then i did all that so that was a big endeavor so that was a big mod so it's, it's a very difficult one to pull off as well so i was quite surprised i made it to be honest because it's um, very small solder points and all that and anyways looks really amazing on the big screen um and so i played that there then nice. that spurred me into getting more mods out so i did the pico boot mod on the gamecube and then i did also the the mod that i had there for ages the um, region switcher for the mega drive and then sorted out my television <clears throat> too so i did all the service mode and 
and I realized how much better the game is in NTSC. You know, we had that conversation, but basically just the image is much bigger. And so I tweaked on tuned all the TV and now it looks really amazing. So that's what I've been playing some of, some games for the future episodes on. It's really good. I, and it's so much so that it made me want to actually um, put one of these kits into every game, uh, sorry, Mega Drive that I, I own. But there's quite a few yeah. there, so I don't know. So that this is all what I've been up to. Um, I have built myself a new gaming machine. I started playing Diablo 4. But and uh, <laughs> what an amazing game. I mean, I have to spend two minutes about that at least. Just, just that. So this game I've been waiting for years. And I think it finally captures, let's say, the, um, the look and feel of Diablo 2. That was the one that, you know... Uh, People were trying to make, so Blizzard was trying to make that as similar as possible because people really love the atmosphere. I did too. And they say number three was a bit different, but to be honest, it was number three, so whatever. Uh, but this four, it really captures the atmosphere and it's enormous. It's an enormous game and it it's um, very well made. Uh, it requires quite a beefy machine to work on as well. But it's really an amazing game for now. I mean, the, the the number of quests is absurd. And it's like an open world. It's a bit of a, a merger between sort of WoW and, uh, and Diablo, if that makes sense. I played through the campaign, finished it two days ago. And oh my God, really beautiful. I really love the campaign. And obviously the, the end is a bit open because obviously there's going to be um, a sequel to that. But really had a lot of fun. There is... Some problem with the items, let's say, I think, personally, um, like there are too many suffixes and affixes and the, the legendary items have more or less all the sort of same um, effects. Uh, but other than that, if they sort that bit out, it's really, really worth it, for my, in my opinion. I really like it. But you, you finish the main campaign and then it, it's, it stops or... No, games. no, it does not stop at all. That's where it starts, basically. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> when you finish the main campaign, then that's when you, when you actually start playing. In fact, so much so that in the past, I used to just, for example, Diablo 3, I used to just skip the campaign, try and not even read it, really, just go through it and do the things I needed to do. And just to get to the end of it, to start playing properly and level up and go and do the rifts and whatnot. But here, it's so, so different. Um, I really wanted to enjoy it and I took my time with it. So I really went to do all, there's loads and loads and loads and loads of side quests, but they're very well written, the side quests. So you really get to, if, if you have the time and the mindset, you can really experience lots of lovely little stories in the side that happen. Um, there's uh, like a, a woman priest that wants to exercise people instead of uh, burning them alive or killing them. Uh, and you help her do that. There's loads of other little stories that I won't spoil. And yeah, I mean, it, it's really enjoyable. In, uh, to, I'm really impressed also how big it is. The map of yeah. it is just enormous, enormous. I, really I only good. played uh, Diablo 2 back in the day when that's, that was recent. And in my mind, that's already a really big game. <laughs> but uh, yeah. maybe it's not. I, I, I remember spending a lot of hours on that. But uh, you say this is uh, bigger. Oh, way, way, way bigger, way bigger. Also, there was it was on offer Diablo Two Resurrected, I think, which is a remastered version for new mm. computers. It was on offer for ten pounds, so I, I I got that as well. But I'm not playing it right now. I'm still deep into Diablo Four. 
So when you uh, say that the map is gigantic, but can you actually roam wherever you want, or do you have? How does it work? Does it pop imagine up the possibility to new regions as you progress, or is no, it no, more like everything. Sandbox? So it's an yeah, it's an open world. Imagine WoW. You can go where you want. You have mobs everywhere. So you know, in a similar way to to WoW, but in also in a different way. Uh, so in WoW, you have sort of regions, and one region, for example is um from you know populated with monsters that are 10 to 30 for example uh that's so you can go there if you're in the at that level and then there's other regions where from monsters are like level 50 and if you go there when you when you've got a low level you get absolutely wiped out here it's a bit different like the 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 enemies scale with you so they're always more or less your same level so as soon as you level up they also level up it sounds like a time, a time, time sink. Oh, it is yeah. massively, massive time, massive time sink. Really, really a lot of time to, to play that game. But it's one of the staple holes that I've played from the first iteration of it. So I really love it. Have you played online with others or is it just yeah, you? Yeah, I've played. So there is a guy that I met uh, on Diablo 3 and we kept in touch for some reason. And we're, he's bought it now. We're playing together. But... It, it's we so it is cross you can enable cross-platform gaming so you can play with people f on the xbox Good. because it's an open world everyone's there mm. there is global world events that happen as well and so what i'm doing recently is like for example you get notified of this world event and you, you see where it is on the map you've got to reach you've got some minutes to reach it and then there's all the people coming from all the map go all to this place and then a mega monster appears and everyone's trying to uh, hit it down and so basically you do encounter people from all sorts of places. I think uh, if I ever play a Diablo again, I'll, it's probably that Diablo 2 remaster because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah, sounds okay. really overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. I can understand. It is, uh, it is a big one too. But I, if you take it step by step, do a little bit and do a little bit, then, you know, you know yeah, that's how I approach it. Uh, I was just going to say, I have sent off a uh, shout out, first of all, to Kit Mark from the Retro Asylum um, for the, obviously all the shout outs he gives us. But I finally sent off his Amstrad uh, that I promised him um, probably two years ago. Um, finally done that and it's sent off. So he'll be happy to get it soon. Cool. And I was just last thing I'm going to add is I since I like the mod I made on the Mega Drive, to be an NTSC and switch so much, I wanted to get an NTSC NES before I played anything else on the NES. But that hasn't gone to plan yet because it's too expensive. <laughs> they want over a hundred pounds for an NTSC one. So hopefully in the future I can do that. Can't you mod a, a, a Bell NES to NTSC? Because uh, I, I did that with really. my Super Nintendo and it was really easy. But uh, from what I know, you, um, you can mod it, but you need the chips. So it's not like the Mega Drive where you change the frequency mm. and the oscillator and then everything goes with it. The, the chips are different. The NTSC CPU and GPU for the NES are PAL and uh, an NTSC. So you have to have those components uh, okay. and then might just as well have the... the, the, whole, the my whole machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've been up to all this sort of stuff. Uh, all good stuff. Lots of fun. Diego, have you had any tortillas? 
Oh, why are you asking? <laughs> Maybe I mentioned a few times when we were talking this summer. That seemed to be like the, the theme of my summer for some reasons. Uh, yeah, <laughs> apparently it has become our staple sauna food for the family to make tortillas. In the sauna? Sauna food? In the sauna. Obviously, you don't eat inside the sauna. Ah, I was wondering. when you have sauna. Uh, well, originally because we uh, mistakenly believe that it doesn't take much effort to make. We are talking about, right, just preparing the, the ingredients for the filling of the tortillas. We don't actually cook the tortillas themselves. Those are just the ready ones, usually. Yeah. I don't even know how to do, like, from flour to tortilla, so to speak. That's, by the way, pretty easy. Yeah, it's but uh, it's all the stuff that goes inside. It takes time. And uh, <laughs> usually we just say, oh, we're going to have sauna. Let's do something easy. Let's do tortillas. And then turned out that it takes me an hour to do everything. But I've been kind of doing it the whole summer. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I've become like a minor expert. At least that's, that's three kind of fillings that we typically make. There's the guacamole sauce. There is a, a pico de gallo sauce that's basically mm, tomato, fresh tomato, not cooked, with uh, a variety of spices like cilantro or parsley, if you want, mm. and then lime juice and uh, I always put, spring put cinnamon, cinnamon in there, oh. which is really weird. But, uh, it sounds really weird that to put it in a salty dish, but uh, cinnamon really works with the with tortilla filling, I think. Okay, that that's my special ingredient. <laughs> okay. It might be similar to those crisps that you sent. You know, the um, your oat crisps. If you imagine that, I can see what Weedo's saying. It's really good. Mm, okay, okay. So that's that's two other things we do. And with with the guacamole now, I have all my little details sorted out, like what kind of avocado, how to know where they are exactly ripe and the proper way how to smash them down right? because it has to be a sauce, right? <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's all raw. It's not cooked. So um, I have perfected my way of you know, cutting it down in the smallest pieces so then I can just crush it with a with fork. And then my favorites are the refried beans that uh, oh, yeah. uh, mm. they're, they're, they're very good. And those, those are the only ones that you really have to cook. And uh, I've always no wondered why there we no no we actually never put rice. Hmm. Um, we they are not exactly a vegetarian kind of tortilla because we also usually put some grated cheese like cheddar or something like that. But um, otherwise we don't cook meat uh, typically at home. So, but uh, no rice no no never thought about that actually. And uh, but the refried beans are really uh, everybody, everyone's favorite. It's um, it's basically those kind of brown beans that you first fry in a pan with uh, garlic and uh, onions, and uh, uh, we add this um, cumin. Is that the right <laughs> English word? It's a spice anyway that uh, has its own very specific flavor and that makes it like characteristic 
plus the usual uh, usual parsley or cilantro, which is everywhere in all these all these fillings, and uh, lime juice. And uh, I've always wondered why they were called refried. That actually sounds like you have to fry them twice. And uh, but everywhere you actually read, you just fry them once. But then I decided yes. to do it myself because I always had this silly, very silly problem that if I if I cook this before the sauna, then by the time we had the sauna, they all look kind of dry out because you have to crush them into a paste, and not mm-hmm. just normal beans. Uh, but then they get too dry. And if I do them after the sauna, then they're never ready. It's too long. So now I split you, it in two. First, did I you make it them in the sauna? <laughs> it won't dry out in I the sauna. I think there's some, some people who say <laughs> Try that the you can in the something on the sauna stove. Uh, but I've never really tried. I think some <laughs> people say you can. Like, you know, there are these very hot rocks yeah. in the sauna stove. And... Uh, you shouldn't put something on the rocks. Well, apart from the fact that probably there's soot or uh, ash, you don't want to eat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> that, that would, it would just burn whatever you put on top of it. It would incinerate whatever whatever you put on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then the whole whole sauna would smell heavily oh, of whatever it was. Yeah. Diego's sauna beans. Yeah, you, you could, you can, you can, like put, uh, like a say a teaspoon of beer if you want on the rocks and and then uh, it creates a very very unique smell but if you put that little bit it's uh, it goes away quite quite quickly and it's um, a kind of interesting effect in my <laughs> opinion that's what i've learned but don't just don't put food on on the rocks no 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 way <laughs> no food on the rocks but okay. some people told me that you can otherwise put some something uh, some tool on it and cook something but I, really, I never never even thought about trying so the yeah and uh, so with the with these beans i have i just learned to like cook them first before the sauna have them kind of ready before mashing them down and then after the sauna i just mash them and fry them again and you, you need to put some hot water so that it becomes a nice, creamy sort of spread that you can put in the tortillas and not too dry. But um, <laughs> so I've done it so many times this summer. I, I, I can't even count. And I think I'm pretty good at it. I still suck at folding those damn things, however, because oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever learn it, but uh, it always falls apart. When I so when do you start the restaurant? Uh, I'm thinking <laughs> first. Let's start start by inviting more people and maybe build on that social activity <laughs> that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, let's see how it goes. All right. So um, I think we should move on now to the hot topic we already talked a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's go over to games. Okay, the, the, the game I brought is uh, Heroes Against Demons for the Master System. It's a free game uh, and it's made by Ichigo Bankai. 
Uh, Ichigo, know, it's probably, oh, that's a, it's a character from an anime that Ichigo Bankai. Well, Ichigo is the character from Bleach, and he's wow. Bankai. I didn't know uh, people from animes could make games. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he's apparently from France, so nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's an, um, a game very similar to uh, Candy Crush or yeah. Bejeweled. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's actually quite the same as that. Uh, so you have to, uh, it's a, ma- a tile matching game. So you have to match up uh, three of the same uh, icons and then they go away and then everything collapses and then uh, you play further. And normally with uh, with Candy Crush and Bejeweled, you play for points, I think. I, I never really went in those uh, into those games, but- No, you know, uh, the I don't know, but yeah, I suppose uh, points. Here, the the game mechanic is that you that it's a battle, so you play against a demon. You're a hero, and you play against a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you both have a health bar. Uh, instead of that, you remove candy or jewels. You remove icons, and all those icons have a special ability. For example, you have swords. If you uh, remove three swords, then you attack the enemy. But you also have a shield. So you can uh, prevent attacking or you, you can defend yourself from attacking. You also have magic attacks, um, healing, uh, bombs which destroy whole rows. And um, you can also, there's also coins, which are, if you defeated one of the enemies, then you go into a shop and then you can make yourself stronger. Oh. Um, Every, you can choose, uh, in the beginning of the game, you can choose three different heroes. And bo- all those heroes have different abilities. For example, the wizard has uh, more magic ability. So if you do a magic attack, that one is stronger. But if you are the crusader, then you have more defense and a little uh, uh, melee attack. And if mm. you're a hunter, you have no defense, but more uh, melee attack. And in those shops, you can upgrade those abilities. Uh, so it's also sort of like a, like RPG. So you can upgrade your character in between the stages. And every time when you uh, beat a demon, then you, the next demon gets stronger. Wow. There's a lot more depth than what I imagined in this game. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that, that's absolutely true. Especially if you also, you also have like a potion and if you use if you um uh, remove the potion uh, icons then every attack gets stronger for example for a short while uh so you also have to think tactically like okay first i'll destroy a potion and then i do a t- attack for example so uh that way uh you have to think a little about what you're doing also for example those coins don't do anything to the enemy so it's also sort of risk reward to um, remove the coins because if you remove the coins, you can upgrade yourself in the shop, but you can at that moment, that's a useless move and you can't attack or defend yourself. So uh, there's a lot of like urgency in the game. It's, it's a lot more uh, tense than your normal uh, Candy Crush experience, which you more play for like relaxation <laughs> and mm. this is more like uh, an action game and i think this game is inspired or 
at least I, I remember playing a, D, a Nintendo DS game called Puzzle Quest. I don't know if you guys get, uh, know that. I think it's also released on PSP and Yeah, I've PS heard of Vita. this one before. Yeah, I never played it though. It's really similar, but uh, way more detailed, uh, of course, because that's modern system and this is uh, a master system. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can only do so much on a master system. But yeah, it's uh, overall it's a quite enjoyable game. It's yeah, I found it pretty easy though. But yeah, I uh, I, I had a, a good uh, good time with it. Uh, nice graphics for a master system. It's really vibrant, really nice. Uh, all the images are really nice. The the portraits of the the demons and also from your own are really nice and really nicely animated. Yeah, the anime style, aren't they? A uh, bit bit yeah i think you can call it more western i think but yeah they're all they're a little like uh cartoonish let's right. say that and uh yeah overall it's pretty simplistic game but yeah really really good it's uh the music was nice but yeah there's not not much to it so it is say just a puzzle game i see yeah i mean yeah but still, um, it seemed like very deep from what you told me. There's a shop afterwards, and then depending what item you use, uh, does some, uh, has some effect on the gameplay as yeah. well. Yeah. And also, this is available for the Game Gear, is that right? Yes. And that, that's what one thing I think is uh, a bit of a pity. This feels really like a multiplayer game because you do attacks to the enemy mm. and they attack you back, but you don't see their board, what they're doing. And um, you also don't know, yeah, that you just get attacked by him, but you don't know if he's playing fair or whatever. And I, I think this should be a really nice multiplayer game if you can attack the, the guy who's uh, on the other screen. And that's why it is really nice they uh, made a Game Gear version of this game. However, there was a pre-order window of this game to buy on the Game Gear. Which has multiplayer. Yeah. Um, however, it was like $70 to buy it. I, so yeah, you have yeah. to buy two copies to m play multiplayer. Then you have to have two game gears and a, a link cable. I don't know if there's someone in the world. <laughs> yeah, I have two game gears, but, <laughs> uh, but no link cable. So there's not many people in the world who can who have that. Yeah. So you have to buy it twice, so that's $130, uh, $40. You can't buy it digitally. And also, it was sold out in a whim, and I researched it a little, and there was a guy saying, yeah, they made maybe 20 copies of it. That's it. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's really very difficult pity to that, find. That, it's really pity that they don't sell the ROM, because I really want to play this in multiplayer. It would be really nice. The grid is a little yeah. bit smaller in the uh, in Game Gear version, but wouldn't matter that much. I, I think it would be a really nice game to play against someone. And I'm, I'm really bummed out that uh, I can't play it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I completely understand and agree. I don't know why some people refuse to do the ROMs. Uh, Especially I mean, if you have like uh, Taylor made a game for Game Gear. So it's not the same version. Yeah. They added features. And they sell like, now maybe they sell, sold five, 50 copies. Maybe. Yeah. So 
what's the why are you doing that why why can't we play this game because yes. i think the game gear Tell version him. is the game gear version should be way better i think it's, it's also a really nice game to have portable because yeah and one of the few i think game gear um Homebrew Home games. Say. Yeah, yeah. So I would really love to play this on my Game Gear uh, because it doesn't get much usage. I, I mainly use it to play to play stuff for the podcast and uh, there's really nothing much on the Game Gear that I've... Uh, I need to uh, search a bit better naturally, but uh, I haven't seen so much on the Game Gear, to be honest. The, so. the most games... Because Master System and Game Gear have a little... I think they have the similar hardware. But yeah. uh, the Game Gear has a little bit more color and maybe lower screen resolution. So you have to uh, modify your game to work on Game Gear. Uh, you can actually play Master System games on your Game Gear. That's, that's, that's just compatible. But yeah, because the Master System is so much more popular system, uh, people just make the games for Master System and they think, okay, if you want to play it on the Game Gear, just play the Master System ROM on the Game Gear. and and, and off we go. So there's not a lot of games tailored for Game Gear, which is, of course, better experience because the screen resolution and more colors on Game Gear. So it should be better, but yeah, it's just not that popular in Game Gear, which is uh, unfortunate. Yeah, agreed. I, uh, they should make more stuff for the Game Gear, I think, personally. I want more stuff for the Game Gear so I can get it out. Uh, there's lots of stuff for the Game Boy, for the Game Boy Color and all that family of Nintendo handheld, but not so much for, you know, the C the Sega Sega. The Sega ones. Yeah. yeah. But this game overall, yeah, it's it's fun for yeah, it's it's free, so you can just download it on uh smspower.org. And um it's fun for a short while. It it gets maybe a little bit boring because there's just yeah, the gameplay doesn't change. And right. I think maybe there if you uh, you you play. I think you there's seventeen monsters. So there's only yeah. If you beat those, I think there's not really uh, a reason to go back to it. But I, I had a good time. I think maybe it took me one and a half hour to beat it. So they're not. There's no difficulty levels. I don't know. Maybe if you choose a different warrior or a different uh, uh, hero, maybe it gets more difficult if you. For example, choose the wizard. You don't have defense and only magic power. Maybe it gets harder, but I can't imagine that it is really harder. But I, I didn't die once, so it was for me. I played with the crusader, just the, the, the I think I feel that it's the normal class, and I uh, I didn't die once, so it was was pretty easy. So well, but you, don't forget you're a pro Tetris player, so you know. That yeah, makes a difference. <laughs> I'm not good at playing. Yeah, maybe yeah, the puzzling is really a thing I really like. But yeah, I think everyone can, can do this. It's just sliding like tiles around. And even if you wait for, if you, if you can't find uh, a combination, then uh, I think after five seconds or something, then one combination starts to blink. So you ah, so it tells like you. a hit, ah, I see, yeah. but you lose like five seconds, and in the meanwhile, the the the, uh, the opponent attacks you all the time. So you can do that too much, but even then, if you uh, you can do that like five times in a, in a battle, 
and then you still win it. So I don't know. Maybe I choose the right things in the in the shops I, that, that that it was so easy for me. But mm. yeah, interesting. So you can also finish the game without buying anything in the shop. So that maybe that's a challenge. Well, that will be way harder because you uh, in between stages you don't get the health refill. So you have to oh, do. I see. Uh, you have to buy the health refill in the in the shop. Also, you buy attack power, more attack power, more magic power, more defense power, and and you can also buy a potion, so you get a like a, a boost in the first five seconds of the match. So every yeah. attack will be stronger. So yeah, uh, uh, of course, one thing like the health regain is a little is a lot cheaper than upgrading your character. So yeah, um, but I I think yeah I don't know why it was so easy for me. Uh, I, w- I would like to see uh, if. Somebody has trouble about of this game. I, mean, I like that, to see a harder mode, maybe or yeah, maybe yeah. for the future. Uh, I don't know if um, uh, the developer might be, you know, interested in making a sequel or, or another game. Yeah, in a way, the Game Gear version is a sequel, and you can play head to head. That would be just release that ROM. Just buy, I, I want to buy it, and then no, I can play it multiplayer, and then I have a strong opponent. You can play with your wife. Uh, she yeah. likes Tetris as well. Yeah, that's nice. And she actually likes Candy Crush as well. Hey, <laughs> she's going to beat you to it. Huh? <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm really happy that she stopped playing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, really poison. Yeah. Nice. But maybe it, it's a good entryway to finally play Puzzle Quest as well. I need to look at that puzzle quest. I've always seen it, but never been attracted to it. I'm not really a puzzle guy, as you all well know. But yeah, I, I'll have a look. I don't know if this is really a puzzle. It's just sliding tiles around. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can get behind Candy Crush, yeah. But puzzle where you have to, where you have to use your one neuron uh, to, to figure stuff out. Mm, no, uh, <laughs> it's too hard for me. It's too hard. Yeah, so that's it. It's, it's, it's not, not a crazy... Uh, crazy uh, uh, long game or something but it's really n- yeah really nice looking and sounding game and it's just a good experience especially nice. for free I want it yeah I want it uh, and it's, uh, finally something for the master system which is polished I yeah. see a lot of ma- master yeah. system games which are quite rough around the edges and this this game is just polished nice but and also if, it's, if it's free people can try it and you know that, that's um, that's a really good thing at least you know it gets spread around a bit more and maybe word of mouth gets out that's good and then the developer makes a sequel or something what have you been playing diego anything particular yeah i have been uh, actually spent some time researching italian games this summer oh yeah and i i promised myself i would just pick one to talk about even if there are there were more but i'll keep maybe others for later on in the year but uh, all games made uh, this year new games and so my choice eventually was a game called news stand it's gonna be for the commodore 64 or the spectrum oh how did you know that (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) news stand by uh, someone called agpx and Phobos, these are the names of the authors. Okay. And uh, well, I have to warn everybody that these games has a huge play on nostalgia factor for Italians. 
yeah so forgive me about that but i think it can also be enjoyed by others in fact there's two versions on each.io one in italian and one in english so everybody can play this game and in a sense it's a very basic game i would say vaguely platform but even kind of stripped down in your options apparently normally you can move and jump you can uh, crouch later on you can also control an umbrella that mm -hmm. will help you somehow uh, but um, well the whole idea of the game is uh, basically telling the story of a character who does what we italians always did when we owned a commodore 64 in the 80s and the 90s and so go to the news stand and buy tapes of games from there hmm. so we the newspaper kiosks were like our temples for commodore lovers and also for spectrum and uh, msx owners and big 20 of course nice. and um so if, if you play this game i also should warn you that it starts with a kind of low profile meaning that first level doesn't look like much and uh, there's only five levels but they get longer and they get less and less obvious so some of the later level already a third level you are doing things that uh, aren't um, what you would expect to do maybe what's uh, the aim of the game sorry good what point do you have thanks to do in well <laughs> the game of the game the purpose of each level is basically buying a commodore 64 tape from the newspaper stand ah, okay okay so you have the the kiosk over there and usually you have first to find the banknotes the money that might be somewhere in the level first level is it's really kind of bare and simple but later on you you have an unobvious way to get those money you have to do something else maybe you see them on the screen but you can't reach them and there's a series of things you need to do to unlock your way to there all of these while avoiding enemies and enemies are basically other characters in the game there's someone called marco that throws you cds because he's a cd fanatic and he hates tapes and he wants you to convert to cds <laughs> then there's a there's a girl that chases you and of course you're not interested in girls you're interested in games so <laughs> you have to escape not, not sure about that <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah and there's another one who instead hates crts and just drops them off the windows or something Ooh, like that that's dangerous time. so it most of the things are really playing on a nostalgic feeling and uh, probably also of the author's own life so i think it's set in sicily if i remember right oh so okay in, in some levels you see the etna volcano erupting that that's not something that is part of my childhood because I, i'm from a very different area of italy but, but the cds of uh, the crts from the window are uh yes of course <laughs> from the window exactly not from the window but uh C cds well obviously not in the 80s but they started to appear in italy a bit later on really uh, there are some uh, like how do you call them um anachronistic elements not really of that time but they are on purpose like for example at some point you start seeing drones flying and uh not gonna spoil that to you because i think it's very cool when i when i 
found something out about them. Obviously, drones were not a thing at that time at all, but mm. uh, this is all on purpose. And um, uh, it's uh, it's a game that at the beginning seemed a little bit underwhelming, but mm. as I played every level, there was there was these variations that really um, they they must have took a lot of thoughts to put into the game, and they were not so obvious at all. And even though the difficulty is mostly like mechanical difficulty, and also the game is pretty brutal, so um, I, I think I had to switch from the real Commodore 64 to the emulator at some point to save more quickly. I know I can save also with that. Uh, my ultimate cartridge, but uh, just to save more quickly because at some point I was getting killed way too often. And uh, some things you really have to basically die first before you figure out how mm. how you can do them. It's kind of brutal, but not not in a too bad way. Not in a too bad way. And it keeps surprising, surprised me as the game progresses with all these ideas. And, so you have uh, limited lives? You do have, yes, and uh, you you can also gain more, but uh, overall, I think it's still few few lives overall. You also have a timer. Oh, uh, wow. when the timer and yeah, and in some level, it's actually it actually matters. But there are ways to buy more time when you find out. Each level is kind of unique. It's it's in a different place. The first one looks like a neighborhood. Second one, you are at the seaside, maybe on a vacation. And then there is more and more. Um, you you can find in certain levels way to extend your time, and you need to do that. Otherwise, you won't finish the level with the time you start with. Mm. And if you ever finish the time, you well, you lose a life, you get all the time back, but you also... Uh, well, restart from the beginning of the level. But uh, the strength of the game, of course, one strength of the game is this huge nostalgic factor, mostly for Italian. You can see it even if you go to the itch.io page of this game. I am there. There's a little nice graphic that basically recreates the, the legendary look of one of our Commodore 64 magazines back yeah. at the time. You'll recognize if, if you've been there like, like me and Andy. Um, so that's, of course, one uh, big motivation behind this game. Uh, but I think it's playable, nicely playable uh, for everyone. If you like a kind of challenging game and you have a certain, say, strength to go on. Resilience. When, uh, resilience. <laughs> good word to say because there might be places where you don't immediately get what you need to do i had a couple of places like that one was particularly difficult for me to figure out and i think i figured it out by accident at some point hmm. something that had to do with the umbrella how to use it in a level that it's not how you've been using for the whole level and then at some point you can use it in a very different way. <laughs> not okay. going to spoil that, but um, if you like the feeling of when you figure out these kind of things, that this game is really for you. And it's it's uh, also, I think, that I really like how these 
people put a lot of effort. It it doesn't look amazingly nice. It's not a very good looking game, but there really? are, for example, a lot of animations, like ad hoc animation for different characters for different situations. So uh, it's it's very well made. This is also documented a little bit in the each.io page. And uh, well, last but not least, it's also uh, a free game after all. I don't even think that there's an option to to pay, like name your own price. I think it's just basically free. just just that. Yeah, so it's it's a labor of love, and I really wanted to to suggest it because um, I I think it's it's pretty cool. The most important part, how does it sound? The C64 has. Yeah. How does it sound? <laughs> no, well, I think it it sounds better than usual, actually. Really? Wow, mm. good music. Uh, because yeah. I see there's a, a separate artist for music. So. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's right. Uh, TND or something. Richard of TND. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm not sure about that. I thought it was Phobos who made both the graphics and uh, the sounds all right, but I might be wrong. And um, no, it's it's quite okay. Maybe on the long term, a bit repetitive that often happens with these um, 64 games, but um, it's okay. Yeah, and about the, the graphics, um, well, I, I thought that it could be a bit better in the characters, but it's not bad. And once again, in a screen, in every screen, there's lots of details anyway. Lots of small things that yeah. uh, uh, they mean something to, to the authors and they can mean something to you as well if you've been there <laughs> in Italy in those, those mm -hmm. days. So For me, it is a bit reminiscent of, I know, I know I'm saying maybe a heresy, but... It is a bit reminiscent of Pig Quest, like so much stuff on the screen and it's so big. Maybe it's the art style is not so keen, you know, but uh, there's, I can see some screenshots of the houses with a transparent sort of um, uh, wall, gate or fence, sorry, mm -hmm. that's the word I was looking for. And uh, and the, the UI is quite nice. It's a data, data set and some tapes that represent the area, the time, and the money, weirdly. And then the joysticks lives, I think. Yes. It looks really nice, I think. I wouldn't have said it's not a good-looking game. No, no. Well, the, don't don't get me wrong. It, it was maybe the, the first um, feel when I started it that the characters looked... Um, Maybe I'm being spoiled, you know, because uh, Peak's Quest <laughs> was so well made that, especially with the characters, in my opinion. And and now I see everything through different lens. Uh, but um, in its own way, it it's very, very good also, graphically speaking. Very old style characters and animation and the faces are kind of... Uh, Simple, <laughs> yeah. But so many little details in every screen that uh, at least it made my day because those those were really nice to look at. Okay, nice, good I, stuff. I also wanted to mention another game if we have oh, time. Yeah. It's a very small one, but um, yeah, go uh, ahead. Videos editing, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, among many other things that captured my attention about new day new games coming out this year there was this very little thing 
on the Zeta X Spectrum. This is also uh, free if you want. It's name your own price game on each.io and it's called Banger Management. Is that sausage banger in English? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Of course, it's a pun on anger management, and that, that's what, what originally <laughs> oh, caught nice. my attention because oh, the game yeah. is going to make you angry. I can tell you that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, so, by the way, this is, about, this is made by Jonathan Caldwell, and uh, it's a real-time puzzle, I would say. Simple concept, but not too easy to play, and it will make you angry for sure. And uh, if if I had to come up with a punchline for this game, I would say this is like lemmings meet overcooked. <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of weird thing is that? <laughs> right. So, right. Let let me just tell you what the game is about. So, All right. All uh, right. you this is a single screen single screen game with uh, just walls and platforms looking a little bare perhaps but uh, soon a bunch of ingredients start walking around from the top you know like lemmings used to do these are like sausages uh, coffee cups boiled eggs uh, but with legs so they, they start walking and they never stop they just go around when they when they meet a wall they just uh, bounce and go back the other way when they meet a hole on a platform they just go down to the next level and your purpose is to lead these ingredients towards one of the exits when you see an order appearing on the exit very simple orders so they are a little bit reminiscing of overcooked to me but very very simplified like one two three ingredients it could be like uh, i don't know a sausage and a coffee cup mm. those symbols appear on an exit and you have to lead one sausage and one coffee cup towards that exit and to do so all you can do is basically move around the cursor around the screen and then with the buttons and and the controls you can turn any one tile into an up arrow or a left arrow or right arrow and when these ingredients walk on an arrow in the opposite direction they change direction and when they walk on an up arrow they jump up to the platform above so properly by properly placing these arrows you can make them go where you want them to go but uh, it, it's not as easy as it sounds because there's lots of them that keep walking around like maniacs and <laughs> it looks very funny how the the sausage yeah. is moving the animations are really nice oh but yeah they're... yeah that that i think that's one of the cool thing even if the it's spectrum graphics so of course it's very very simple but the the characters are lovely <laughs> i i love the the sausages with the little hands and feet yeah and um and this is it it's not that much more about this game. So, so how, how do you feel in this game? How, what, so when, when does the, the game end? Or how do you win it and how do you feel it? Yeah, you, you win it by sending the proper ingredients to the exit, matching the request of your, of your supposed uh, customer. Okay, and, and then the uh, level ends? The level ends after a certain number of orders have been fulfilled. Okay. And uh, you do have um, sort of lives in the form of 
customer complaints if you send them something wrong. So if they requested sausages and you send them eggs, then you get the complaints. And when you get too many complaints, the game is over. Okay. So it's kind of simple, mm. but uh, it's uh, it's nice. <laughs> As I said, it, it can like make a... you a little bit mad sometimes <laughs> because it, there's many of them running around and sometimes you, you would like them to stop a bit. And it, it's not that easy to to make sure that you get the right one first on the exit. If you get the wrong one to the exit, then you get the complaint. Hmm. But I think it's it's a nice pastime of a game. So yeah, yeah it's that, it looks it looks quite addictive to be honest. I wasn't expecting this. Like a so. lo- sort of an arcade uh, game. Could, yeah. could it be an, a high score challenge game? Yeah, yeah that's, why a, good, not? that's yeah. a good call. Maybe next year you can suggest this one, Rido. We put it in. That's it's really it's really a bizarre game to be honest. Uh, <laughs> when was it made again? Twenty twenty three. Yes, I think it's uh, yeah, published twenty nine days ago from now. Yeah, so, last uh, one month. month ago basically. Okay. Ah. All these uh, there's a lot of stuff moving on the screen. I'm quite uh, impressed uh, about how how well they all move. You know how quickly. There's no slowdowns. It seems to me. There's obviously the graphical overlay thing where you know the the spectrum thing. So. The color clash, yes. Yeah, when a character goes over the other one, you see it. But other than that, I mean, it's pretty good. good yeah, concept. but I love that. <laughs> yeah, so well. there's a lot of sprites on on the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it nice. doesn't seem to slow down with all those sprites. Yeah. Uh, on a similar, a very similar note about Spectrum games, there's this um, guy on our Discord server who just posted uh, an update on his game, Michael Game Gamayev. I don't know how to say he's Russian. And he's doing this Spectrum game, which also moves at an incredible speed. And it looks like really an amazing game. I can't wait uh, to see how that pans out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it looks like he's doing an amazing job with uh, just the Spectrum machine. And I, I'm also following it up and want to see where it, where it ends. Yeah, really, really key. Nice. I like that game. Yeah. I might try Banger Management. Sorry. <laughs> Banger Management. <laughs> cool. Well, and Andy, do you have me. a game for us? Well, I played two games, but I'll try and be as quick as possible about them. Let's say I played one extra game for a reason that will be known to some listeners who listen to other podcasts as well. Because uh, there was a request and I had to have a look at how this game was. And I found myself really um, addicted to it it's a very incredible game for a commodore 64 it's called metal warrior ultra uh it's not a super new game it was made in 2020 by a gay uh, by a designer uh coder and graphician i don't know if he's um finnish it's called or danish lasse orni or something like that I, I don't know i might be butchering his name so apologies for that and there's a dedicated musician, in fact, uh, himself, plus another guy, Kamil Wolniwoski. I do not know how to pronounce that, <laughs> so I do apologize. And it, I think initially it was published by Psytronic, but then I think now it's moved over to Protovision. I am not too sure. Um, but at any rate, this game is insane in the scope and how they made it. I mean, you look at it, I mean, it has some small downfalls, but... Overall, it's an incredible game. And you'll hear more, more about this game later on. But in, in, in a nutshell, it's like, um, 
you like to call them gated explorations. For me, this is not exactly a gated exploration. It's a mixture, sort of a platform, a side-scrolling platformer with an adventure game and a tactical game. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I'm not a, a genre expert, but it's um, it's very deep. So you're this guy called Ian, who's a guitarist, and um, and you have a friend called Lucas who has a band. And the game all starts off with you having to escape a sort of prison. And then you wake up and it's a dream. And then um, basically you, you go, you, you, I, won't, I try not to make too many spoilers because there's a, there's a story behind this. And you go with one of your friends, you embark on a small mission and this friend of yours dies in this mission and you obviously remain shocked and, and you can't get over it and, uh, you know, what happens then afterwards after he's dead he was part of a band as i said so the band calls you to go and be the guitarist in his place and so you need to get there and uh, and then the story let's say evolves and there's flashbacks and stuff and this game has basically everything you can possibly imagine you know that i like in a game there's uh, this platforming sort of uh, environment is full of enemies. So you go out to, for example, go to the to do a rehearsal with your guitar and uh, with your with this new group. But to get there, you need some certain things, and then you go and find them. You have to go out the house, your house. You got a house with a bathroom and everything. You can go in, and then uh, in order to reach this other place, you go through the city. The city is full of thugs that want to kill you and policemen who apparently are out there as well to guard this, uh, you know, that nothing bad happens. So as you're moving around, uh, people try to kill you. You have to um, obviously defend yourself and unfortunately you have to kill them back <laughs> in a sort of way. Uh, so they try to kill you, but then you, you defend yourself so you can use different weapons and this game in scope is just enormous. So you have a lot of different weapons that you can use. You can also use fists in the beginning. You have fists and you have to you know, punch these guys. And when you punch them, you don't really kill them. You knock them out. But with a weapon, obviously, you kill them. And you, and you see the difference. So, for example, if you knock someone out, he has a like a sleeping ZZZ on his head. If you kill them, he has you have a little um, skull and crossbones. So you're outside, you're doing, you, you have to go from one place to another. And sometimes if someone tries to hit you and a policeman notices that, they will, they will get onto these, these people who try to kill you. But sometimes they get confused or you try to kill someone, they will come to you and you'll have to you know, get rid of the policemen as well. And then there's sort of all a, a cover system as well that you can use to your advantage inside this um, sort of platformy adventure. You can it looks similar as uh, Full Quiet. Is is that similar mm, game? Or? I would say not in the sim. No, none. Uh, it obviously it has a similarity of being a, a side-scrolling platformer. Although Full Quiet went in other directions, tried to go in other directions. Yeah, it's exploration, but it's mainly following a story. And there's a lot of writing. Full Quiet, it's not, not as much writing, I think. Here there's a lot of writing. There's dialogue options here as well. So yeah. you, you, di you, you have conversations with characters and you can choose what to say and it will affect the outcome of the game. You can find you, there's weapons hidden in places and you can find them in lockers or bathrooms or other places. 
um, and you have a, an enormous variety of let's say yes under that aspect yeah it does it does resemble a bit for quiet it doesn't have as many options before quiet has so many of them um, Meta Metal Warrior Ultra has a lot, but not as many. But for a Commodore 64, it's uh, incredible. It's a huge game, yeah. It's lo- like a b- bit of an action RPG in in some ways as well, let's say. And you have some stats. You have athletics and hand combat, marksmanship, and um, capacity, endurance, and you have experience levels. So as you progress in the story and you kill more thugs or you know get away with knocking them out, you gain more experience, and then you have extra points to allocate to these sort of um, abilities and and features and characteristics of yourself. And you have like a, a life bar, so you have a, it's divided in three. And then if you don't, res- so basically it's a very simple, I don't know how I can put it in words, but basically when you get hit, you, some of this energy goes down. If you go below that bar, below one of the three bars and then leave it there, he will recuperate the energy by himself hmm. um, by just waiting, but it just goes up to the end of the, of the bar you're on basically. I, it sounds complicated, but it's really simple. It's very, very well done. So one one of the of the things that let's say detract a bit from it is in the beginning it is really, really hard. This game is overall really hard because it's uh, the combat is not perfect, I would say. But especially in the beginning, it's very it's very hard and difficult because you don't have any good weapons. But as soon as you get the weapons, which by the way have ammo as well, so you have to you know be quite considerate of what how much ammo you're using and what you're using them for the weapons are all let's say not tailored to specific enemy but you can use certain weapons in certain occasions and other weapons in other occasions but you must be very wary of of the ammo when once you get the, the say going back to what I was saying when you get all the weapons it starts to become easier and you start getting more ammo and then it's easier. So don't be put off if, if in the beginning it's a bit hard. The combat, hand-to-hand combat is a bit hard. It takes quite a little bit to get used to. Mm. So there is a lot going on as well. So there's loads of different locations. There's a big city. I mean, the graphics probably not as good as Pig Quest, but, you know, I mean, Pig Quest is a, is a different sort of uh, league. But this... It's also a really, way different art style. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, uh, it looks like it's scrolling. And yeah, yeah, it scrolls all the way. Um, Big Quest was, of course, like the flipping screen. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So this is a bit different. In some ways, it reminded me of Ninja Warriors, uh, <laughs> the scrolling oh, and the right. characters, that sort of style. And yeah, um, there is a particular section where it is a bit hard. When you, when you cross a motorbikes, m- when you come across motorbikes or cyclists, they're quite hard to throw off the bike and kill because um, of how the combat system is made. So if you don't have any weapons, it becomes really difficult. Uh, I mean, any, say, fire firearms, it becomes very hard to push them down. But if you've got weapons, it, everything, you know, changes completely the difficulty level, let's say. It just becomes much easier. There's loads of locations. I don't know. You can see discos, rooms, forests. And then there's literally a load of different places to go to unfold the story. Then there's some flashbacks, as I mentioned, that which are really well well done and acted. So it's because it's sort of 
an adventure, then you see these kind of cutscenes inside as well, which are really lovely and well done, I think, as well, and start to unfold how the story is. And I think, in a nutshell, that that's all I'm going to say about this game. I'm not going to spoil anything about the story. Um, I can add a couple of uh, things just for the record that um, I think this game is part of a series that uh, I sadly I have that. missed. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I have been overlooking this series for so long. And uh, it started more than 20 years ago. There's at least four other games titled mm -hmm. uh, Metal Warrior before. Yeah. And they are, they are all by Lasse Erni, and who, by the way, is a Finnish uh, developer. Oh, he's Finnish so he, then. He's from Finland, yes, and also others in, in the team of Metal Warrior Ultra R. So maybe we should start thinking about... Uh, uh, exploring all these series and maybe make a special and invite them to talk about it because they are really Ooh, be nice. really deep games in my opinion deeply this thought. one is, is incredible this game Lots. i was not expecting absolute big i think he made other games in the meantime very similarly looking to this like hessian and i'm not sure if steel ranger is also his work but it it looks like it might be yeah uh, steel ranger is his as well okay so very very appreciated series even if you look around for reviews and comments on commodore enthusiasts forums you'll see how many people love these all all the game in this series really yeah i think he also did uh and so I, i'm not sure if you have to get the a different version or if the game understands if you're running uh, uh commodore 100, 128 it has some extra features as well which i'm not going to tell you so go and have a look guys steel ranger is apparently rated even more than metal warrior ultras but because of some restrictions on the request i got uh, i did not choose steel ranger but um having said that i thoroughly enjoyed up to where i've got up to now with metal warrior ultra so really incredible game and i would um highly recommend any commodore 64 enthusiast maybe also a not to go and have a look at it, to have a look at Protovision. And, uh, the, the, you know, Malt will probably have this on his website to sell. I see there's uh, on the uh, itch.io, you can buy the Metal Warrior Quadrilogy. Yeah. And it's seven, that, $7. Yeah, if you buy the ROM, it's not, um, it's not that expensive. I think the first one came out in 1999. Number two in same year. And then number three in, 20, in 2001, sorry. Number four in 2003, and then 2020. Mm. So this has a, you can, well, I forgot to say, you can save game here as well. So you don't, you don't have to start from the beginning every time. So the, the game does feature uh, a save, uh, save system. And also, you know, I forgot to mention as well, there's shops where you can buy items and, uh, and weapons. It's really very comprehensive, very ambitious game, and really well thought, and I, it's incredible. I just um, was a quite gobsmacked when I found this out. Very good. A bit late nice. in the game, but still very much one of my recommendations. And you also have another game. I have another game, which is far simpler, but a lot of fun. Um, so I highly recommend this next game to people who like games like Bubble Bubble and the snow brothers and those like one screen platforming i won't say action puzzle games i don't know how to call them but you know what i'm talking about mm. and in this case i am talking about 
a SNES game, which we don't cover very often, and it's called Taco Princess Moon, this game. Uh, I think in Japanese it's Neko Taco. Uh, taco means octopus, so I'm not sure uh, <laughs> why. Well, the, uh, I, th I think I know why, but now I think about it. But So this is in a similar fashion like Snow Brothers, uh, Rainbow Islands, and that sort of game. Um, you have to, you're a little, a little woman and you have to collect basically fish from cats in each level. Each level is different. It's not exactly one screener, like it doesn't really fit on a screen, so it does uh, pan around, but you've only got one screen to go. Uh, let's say it doesn't, there's not, you can't just keep scrolling, keep scrolling. It's just a level. Every Every level is a bit bigger than the screen and you go around in it. The aim of the game is you have to fuel your spaceship with fish <laughs> and then you can fly off to the next level. Very, very simple, but a very addictive game. And how does it work? So in general, around the screen, they're all cats which are eating fish and you use a fire button to bump into them and they drop the fish. Once they drop the fish, they become red and they start going all mad around the screen. If they catch you and you'll... You'll be you'll lose all the fish you've caught up to now, and then you have to go back and and then then the cats get the fish fish back and run away. So it's very simple. That in a nutshell is is the is the game. And then, basically, once you get the fish, you can either decide to get all the fish and collect them all, and then go and put them in the spaceship. Otherwise, as soon as you get one fish, you can go and take one at a time until you fill it all up. Once you've filled up the spaceship, the spaceship will grab you and put you on top and you'll fly away and you'll go to the next level. And similarly to Bubble Bubble and all those games, uh, there are increasingly difficult levels with spikes and platforms that move. So you can expect all that sort of uh, stuff that makes it more interesting and you have to learn how to, how to actually navigate through these levels. So also the, the protagonist, when you press fire and um, you can also like jump and let's say double jump in the air so you can avoid certain um, obstacles and let's say maybe spikes that can kill you. You can try and avoid that. But sometimes it, it, it becomes very difficult towards the end of the levels. In every level, there are some coins and you get bonus points for uh, picking up those coins for getting all the fish because there is usually a requirement of fish before you go so you, you don't have to always get all the fish maybe later on it gives you know you know you get to get at least three out of five but then you know you, you can move to the next level but you don't get all the bonus and then if you get all the fish i think i don't remember now i played it so long ago uh you get a, a massive bonus of coins around the screen as well so if you get if you get everything you get massive bonus coins, you collect all the coins, and then you move to the next level and you get all the breakdown of what's happened. Also, every so, I, mean, I think every every time you've changed your world, so it's also there's a progression map as well. So you've got a little map and you can go, it's in five, divided in five areas. Um, and you start obviously from area one. At the end of each area, there's a boss, which is really funny. I really love the bosses. Again, very similar to all the other games that I mentioned before. I think the first boss is a couple of cats in a big giant um, flying saucer <laughs> and they're, they're piloting the, the saucer and trying to get you and uh, yeah you have to defeat the boss by you know, bumping against the boss etc but it's really really the graphics are beautiful so it's really well made yeah, music really is nice art style really it's beautiful cartoonish, but yes 
Yeah. I can't really tell if if the princess has long hair or tentacles. Yeah, yeah, probably it's that where that's where it comes from. The taco is that maybe she's got like a an octopus head. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's walking on her hair. So, <laughs> I think. Oh, that's I, I never understood that. I didn't really understand that from the from the game. But yeah, so as you move on through the levels, uh, they obviously become more difficult. And um, I've not finished it yet, but uh, it's very it's a very well made game. I don't remember. It's made from PA Games, I think, but published from um, Cubic Style. And I think there is only the physical copy of that uh, at, at the time we're talking. I don't I haven't seen any ROMs, but it, it looks really an amazing game. So nice. It looks really nice. And also I see something like a shop or something. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. That's why I lost my train of thought as well as yourself. So basically every at the end of every area, you can go to a shop and buy certain elements, uh, so certain um, items. So you have a catnip sort of thing that's uh, basically um, where you can deploy it on the ground and the cats will be attracted to that. You've got like a stopwatch that stops everything, all the cats moving and, every, and all the conveyor belts, etc. Et You've got a teleport sort of um, thing that you can deploy and you will be tele teleported instantly near your spaceship. And then you've got a sort of magnet. Uh, so that will basically attract all the fish that have been dropped. So if you've dropped any fish because a cat jumped into you and you dropped all your fish and you're now in a, in a different place, you can deploy the magnet and the fish will come to you. Hmm, so because the fish has so much mercury in them, they yes. all uh, get into uh, The Fukushima the fish will come to you. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah, it looks really cute and nice and really nice color palette. It's very like well made. A, almost bright and pastels or something, really neon plus pastel or something. It's, the animation looks beautiful as well. I, and you never see Super Nintendo Homebrew, or almost never see. And this looks like a game which could have been released back then, like really polished. Yeah, it's very yeah, polished. Yeah. It's very polished and very well done. In fact, I, I do suggest, I know Mads likes Bubble Bubble and those sort of games, so that a great shout out to him as well. He would really love this game, I think. Uh, so this is proper his his sort of game, you know, uh, and many other people, but he, he comes to mind as first because he always stresses that when he can. Yeah, so yeah, yeah nice. highly recommend yeah. it. If you can find this it. game. Yeah, 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 play it. But how, really... can I find, well, how can I find it? That's, uh, well, that's you know, um, <laughs> maybe someone's uh, dumped the wrong... I mean, we shouldn't say this, but, you know, there are ways if... Uh, I did not find this myself, but my collector friend that lives not far away has this, so he's given it to me to test. And I did try this on the... And I've got a, an uh, NTSC's nest to play this on, which is really cool. Mm. Nice, yeah. Very nice uh, game. So play uh, any way you can. Well, <laughs> yeah. Try to support the developers. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but much you, you can cost. buy it. You, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the website now, and there's yeah, yeah, yeah. just no way to buy it anymore. Oh, isn't so, there? Oh, or not that I know. So that's unfortunate. Well, we have another story like the Heroes Against Demons, Game Gear. 
Yeah, it seems but to be. But at least a... this one is dumped, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The you initial animation it. is also very nice. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out. And if you can find it, buy it, I'd say. Because if you love this game, sort of game, you'll, you'll spend quite a nice afternoon with it. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know what the end is, but it's really nice and really polished. And we are back, and it is time for news. So, Wido, do you have anything to tell us that caught your eyes? Yeah, um, the Surface End Stream, where you can play retro games for uh, like a fee. I think you pay a monthly or yearly fee. Uh, is has arrived on Xbox ecosystem. So now you can uh, play Endstream on your Xbox One, probably, or no, the One or the Series. Uh, on all of them. Uh, oh, it's, I think it's optimi- it says optimized for Xbox Series X and S, so probably not on the One anymore. It does and, say uh, on the website Xbox One, sorry. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean to, you know, but it's just contradict you, but oh, it's yeah. just written. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Xbox One, so yeah, on uh, almost uh, all modern uh, Xboxes, you can uh, go uh, use Endstream now. And of course, there's also games we uh, played on Endstream. For example, um, Tapeworm Disco uh, Puzzle, yeah. a game that I brought several episodes ago. That's on there, and there's a, a lot of more homebrew there. And actually, there's over 1,300 games. And... Uh, yeah, it's. I think it, I feel it's quite expensive. I don't know how much does guys, it cost. It, it's. I think it's thirty dollars. I don't know if that's a lifetime pass or a uh, twelve. Oh yeah, lifetime pass is eighty dollars, and if mm-hmm. you want twelve months, then it's thirty dollars. So well, it doesn't. There's no brainer there. What? Sorry. Yeah. For me, it's a no-brainer. If if one month it's thirty pounds, and then uh, no, for twelve life... months is twelve months is thirty pounds. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, mm, yeah, okay. But if you but, can then yeah. have it forever, I don't know. Just yeah, seems... and it's still mm. thirteen hundred retro games and also modern retro games. And they will probably is... be more, won't they, in the future? Probably, yeah. They they expanding it all the time, so. Uh... It's quite a nice surface, especially if you don't have retro systems around. And then it's probably really nice to uh, to use that instead. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Xbox users, I think that's this is the first console they're on. Before it was only on uh, on PC. So yeah, yeah. I it's a it's, it's a, a good, good thing. Good thing. Uh, it seems to support a lot of. Um, a lot of games like shoot 'em ups and more modern, like you know, sh- there's Samurai Showdown. There's I think Me- Megami Samafutari from um, no, sorry, Mushime Samafutari from um, an arcade. I, I I seem to have seen. So like also not only you know um, Paperboy and that sort of game, also yeah, but also DOS games with and Neo Geo games, yeah, Jaguar yeah. even. There's a lot of variety. So uh, yeah, even PS One I see. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really cool. cool. Really stuff. cool. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. So uh, I saw you also had some news, Andy. Yeah, I've also got some news. Quite a few little things. 
so well, maybe not in use anymore, but uh, still, I think quite relevant. So we have hardware news. First of all, the, the more I look around, the more I realize there is so much, so much hardware stuff being made for all different platforms consistently and all the time that I think at some point I will just bring hardware news to this segment of the show because there's so much of it. Um, mm. But I won't go too much in depth of it. I will just, for example, just say, like today, there's finally an HDMI mod for the Mega Drive from, um, I think, a, a Ukrainian Ukrainian guy, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember at the top of my head. I'm very excited about it because as a bit like Diego, as slowly Mega Drive is becoming one of my favorite platforms. It just does so many different games. Don't get me wrong, Diego, and don't hate me. I still like the Commodore 64, but the Mega Drive <laughs> is really, really impressive. For what, uh, what I, lo- I love it too. Pull. I'm not a console guy, but uh, Mega Drive is possibly my favorite there. Yeah, Both it, because it, it, of old and new games, by the way. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, totally agree. Really, really nice. And then with the HDMI mod, obviously, I think it costs around £100, obviously, as everything. <laughs> Everything's at least £100. <laughs> um, and then I've seen there's a guy that does custom shell work for the SNES and different, in fact, uh, loads of different consoles. And they're really gorgeous. His name is Raw Talent. So are those Google, those, uh, translucent ones? I uh, don't know if he does translucent ones. I've seen some really, really nifty ones for the Nintendo 64. I saw a really posh one for the SNES. I think you can... I saw his... I didn't go on his website in itself, but I saw his shop on Etsy. And they do have some really good shells. Like, But it comes... I don't think he's selling only the shell. He just sells the whole machine. And part of it that is really cool is that he doesn't um he doesn't do he doesn't do the shells on based on like good good condition say spare parts. He wants to only work on the ones that are sort of irreparable or you can't do anything mm-hmm. about them. So he just turns oh, them he into uses the old old uh, tatty ones maybe, though. Yeah. Nice. But uh, going back to the HDMI mod for Mega Drive, I have a question about it because what does it actually do? Does it upscale or how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what upscale. is it different from uh, uh, hooking um, Mega Drive onto a retro thing, for example? Ah, uh, well, so I can answer that pretty easily because it's the same difference that is um, given from doing the, the, the Xbox mod that I did. So I did the HDMI mod as well as installing. Um, the Stellar project, which is uh, like a the custom multi- dashboard. And, well, I don't have a RetroTink myself. I have, what's it called? In fact, I have that for the Mega Drive as well. Um, Rad 2X. Yeah. Yes, Rad 2X cables the for the Mega Drive. No. I personally, what I think is, if you, there are some comparisons videos on YouTube and you can see the difference is not Mega drive (laughs) but it but it is a much cleaner signal because this signal is not going is not being processed by anything it's just getting pulled out from the um, graphics chip and and sent out directly on hdmi so there's no lag whatsoever i mean i know the lag on the retrotink is very low but here it's absolutely zero and then it is crisper uh, admittedly crisper so it's the same when you you save the same for the 
original Xbox um, HDMI mod. You can see comparisons from the upscalers and the, the one inbuilt. And the one inbuilt seems to win every time because it comes directly from the source and there's no other processing no involved. Conver conversions like... Uh, yeah, there's always a sort of conversion, but it goes from digital to digital instead of di digital to analog and then yeah, digital yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's I think that's that's the difference. So yeah. if I'm very excited about this, uh, but again, it's a lot of money and it's a very big board and lots of bits. I think and I hope that it will become a little bit more contained and small. So the Project Stella and the HDMI are really uh, sorry. Um, what's it called? HDMI, no, Xbox HD Plus is the one that I got. Are really small boards and they fit in nicely without any case modifications. Mm -hmm. And they are beautifully crafted and they've got lots of support, by the way. And I, I hope that the Mega Drive HDMI mod also goes that way and becomes a bit smaller and and doesn't require to, you know, uh, redo the... Uh, any holes in the in the casing of the Mega Drive, really. I don't know if that's even possible. If you install this HDMI mod, can you still use the analog out, or is it like a replacement? Um, I think I think it's get it gets replaced. Mm, that's unfortunate. I know, I know, but I, that, that's one thing I I, I mm, I'm not happy about, and that's why I did my original the, the OG Xbox. HDMI on one Xbox and then I've got another one but it would be brilliant if the people who make these sort of add-ons would allow both outputs to still exist because sometimes I want to attach it to an HDMI screen but sometimes I still want to attach it to a CRT screen and that's not uh, possible. Also, also it's easy for streaming if you have like the analog out for your CRT and then the, yeah. the HDMI for your capture card and then you can uh, I, I actually use my mister that way so yeah, I can yeah. play it on the CRT, but still capture via HDMI to my computer to stream things. Yeah. Uh, there is a model of the Mega Drive where I think the HDMI can fit with a molded part that is that doesn't break the designs. And that's the original one. The first, I think it's the first the model one. one. The one, yeah, the model one where it has written enhanced graphics at the top and then it's got like a... Volume slider. No, yeah, it's got a volume slider, but at the back, it's got uh, like a um, a console, like a nine-pin port. So that could be replaced by the HDMI out um, without any, you know, sawing off bits of the of the case. So, anyways, great mod, I think. I am really looking forward to see that. And these, the, you know, the custom shells uh, are really beautiful. So I, I'd, we'll try and put something in the in the um, notes for the podcast so you can go and have a look at that or just google it raw talent custom shells you'll find the shop on it is one of the first results on uh, on a google search they're really beautifully made like incredibly beautifully made another couple of things really quick uh, so neofit studios which have brought us astabros which we have something planned for in the future have now undertaken a new project called uh, demon claw I think this is not an original project. I am not too sure. I think it's a port, but I I have not looked into it too much um, because I haven't had much time. But there's a Kickstarter for the port. I think it's a port again. So please bear with us if I don't get this perfectly correct. I think this game is already on another platform, but then they bring it to the Mega Drive and I can't wait. It looks really good. Again, it's, it's another game that looks amazing. It's like um, side-scrolling, 
beat him up or yeah sort of uh, that's all I know at this stage I haven't looked in it too much so I'm, I'm just putting it out there cool last but not least uh, very quick um, shout to this game that's come out so I've been ha I had a lot of fun when I played Fallout 4 from Bethesda and finally Starfield is out I did look at some reviews and I don't know what I think about it really um, apparently it's a $200 million project. Wow. $200 million to make a game. And you look at the game, I mean, it looks good, but for $200 million, I probably was <laughs> expecting something a little bit more and a bit different from the usual, you know, Bethesda experience. If you yeah, know it's what just I mean. Fallout in space. Well, yes and no. But without so the charm, without the charm. I, I, I looked I at the stuff and like Fallout has like the 50s vibe and really like the charming, all the music yes, and I all know the weird, mean, yeah. quirky things. But Starfield is just people in space. I, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me. It's uh, And also mm. uh, when I see uh, footage of it, I see a lot of loading screens. Yes, like, yes. Uh, and a lot of menuing. And I think, oh man, uh, if you want to uh, do space exploration, you want to fly off. To, to the space and go to another planet and don't want to, all those loading screens. I don't know. I'm not excited about this game. <laughs> it's, mm. it's, it just looks really bland to me. But yeah, obviously a lot of people love it. So uh, probably I'm wrong, but... <laughs> I, uh, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, of course, it's, it's a genre that uh, not everybody likes. And I, I would say that I would probably like this kind of game but uh, I'm also a little bit concer concerned about all the reviews because uh, I kind of have the feeling that they maybe they spent more most of those money on the production side, on the visuals and uh, something like that. But maybe the question is, did they spend enough on the gameplay? And uh, I'm just uh, checking out some reviews quickly and... Uh, Eventually, people are complaining also about the production. Meaning that they say that maybe the stories and the, the dialogues are lacking. But with all that amount of money, I don't know what it ended up. And uh, good I, question. What I understand is that they, there's a lot of planets to explore, but yeah. it's a lot of procedural generated planets. And it's not that super interesting to go there. Mm -mm -mm. So that could be a bit boring. So there's a lot of content, but is the content good enough? That's the question. Yeah. I haven't played it. Uh, for example, uh, I think uh, like an offshoot of like is it Obsidian, I think. Yeah, they made uh, worlds, yeah. the outer, outer Worlds is also Fallout in space. But that has like the funny charm and a lot of yeah there's, there's like uh also like i don't know if, if it's 70s or something there's a lot of there's a weird weird vibe going on and a lot of funny stuff and i think it looks a lot like a more concise and more uh, uh charming game to me i i also haven't played that but uh if i if i want to play fallout in space i'll probably play the outer worlds mm. also it's because funny it's you say that I didn't like the Outer Worlds as much. I, I I did have it at a point, and then I I tried it, and I was a bit disappointed in it, to be honest. Uh, hmm. So 
I don't know. Uh, there is, so you can still go around and explore space. I, I think don't think we should go in too much depth into this, but um, yeah, you can go around exploring the space and stuff. But as you said, I think the um, one of the criticism is that you go and move to one planet to another really quickly, and it does kind of bring you down to an experience that it seems like you're going from one box to another really and not really in a space environment you just got you go this this and then you just really quickly loading move screen. to one place to another yeah the loading screen is a big is a big problem that everyone's complaining about i don't know anyways bit out of the out scope here as was uh, some of the things that we said at the beginning but it's part of games and we all like games don't we so <laughs> um, here you go i must say that i in general uh, i always thought the idea of these games like Starfield was very appealing to me. I love science fiction. I love exploration. Me too, me too. I love exploration games a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I still haven't wrapped my head around actually playing any of these games. I still have to try EVE Online. That's how long has it been going on? Uh, two decades almost. And yeah. uh, uh, for example, well, there's other games you know, I'm sure of that type, but one aspect it is maybe they are a little bit um, perhaps too open open ended but i i like that but still i i kind of need the right feeling to sit down have a whole evening in front of me or a whole night thinking i'm not going to sleep the whole night and just going to explore lots of planets and see what happens yeah, but i never yeah, found like... myself in the right feeling and uh, as someone said uh, about for example no man's sky another game that now comes to my mind that is procedurally procedurally generated, and um, one of the reason it was a, a big thing when it came out is that maybe Eve Online is kind of limited, and uh, No Man's Sky being procedurally generated is effectively infinite. But someone pointed out, yes, it procedurally generates infinite planets and locations, but does it? generate also infinite things to do well it mm. doesn't so maybe you are just going to do the same thing everywhere and just see a slightly different planet with different uh, graphics and maybe the first 50 are really amazing looking but then after a while it looks yeah, like you're not going anywhere. One time you're on a purple planet, another time on a red planet, and uh, mm. that's it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm afraid yeah. also a little bit of Starfield um, I know it has a story, and I don't know anything about I that heard, story. In I heard the story is quite good. So. Okay, okay, that's important because uh, otherwise I wouldn't want to have a game that looks fantastic, but then it's just uh, shooting some weird-looking alien all the time. And not, not, ha have not, either of you played Fallout Four? I haven't. I played Fallout Three and One, but. Yeah, three is. So I played the four, and I really enjoyed it. So Diego, I think you should try Fallout Four. Oh, obviously, mm -hmm. we do. You played three, but I, um, yeah, three, three was good. But I think four is the sweet spot for me because it's more advanced, got better graphics, and the storytelling was really nice in, in four. I really enjoyed that sort of. Game. It's all it's it's the same sort of exploration, but it's all got that that vibe and that um, charisma that you were talking about before we do. It's, uh, it still goes through to number four. And I think it it would be a setting point to see and understand if you like the genre, Diego, if you like that sort of mm -hmm. exploration. And then maybe, I prefer the sci-fi, but 
surprisingly so, then I really enjoyed platform. If you want to have play a really good, one of my favorite sci-fi games out there, you have to play The, the Outer Wilds. Oh, I've heard that. That is, if you want to feel like a crazy uh, space scientist, uh, it's a really interesting game. It's like you play in a sort of mini universe and the whole universe is sort of a puzzle you have to solve. And uh, well, it's just mind-blowing. And You don't want to see any spoilers of this game because mm -hmm. it ruins, ruins everything. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's really mind blowing. Uh, it's all, yeah, it's maybe more like a puzzle game, but uh, right. but it plays in a whole universe where you can fly from planet to planet, and all those planets have something weird about them. But by yeah. puzzle, you mean like as an adventure game, a point and click, not as a no, Tetris no, no. You, you, no, you're it's a first person uh, game. You fly around, and uh, you can really go into a spaceship and you can fly around it. And it also has a really weird, um, um, the, the spaceship is, you can go into a ring of a planet and then you feel that the, the, the ring is, uh, the gravity of the planet is attracting your, your spaceship to it. So there you have to also really learn to fly. And, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a interesting crazy game. It's a really crazy game and it feels really like you're in space and the puzzle in the game is really nice to uh to uh find out how how the world works in that uh or the the universe works in that game. It's yeah, it's one of the best indie games out there. So uh, a lot of people who played it agree with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard very to, good voice. It's hard to sell this game because Everything is a spoiler. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's uh, the problem with this game. So uh, yeah, uh, if you're interested in a weird uh, mystery in the, in the space, then uh, then try that. This is a really nice game. Cool. So, so having said that, we have reached the end of this episode, and we can put this one away. Um, any shout outs, guys? Well, I don't think he's following our uh, podcast, but I'll shout out to Sergio for all his good food for thought about uh, living a longer life today. <laughs> okay. And also calm like a bobon who's always playing games and uh, it's an inspiration to, uh, to play other games as well because sometimes I'm a little bit like, what should I play now? And then I see him posting nice screenshots of new uh, homebrew games and I think, oh, This is a cool. This is a cool to play. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's an inspiration to uh, continue the show. And, awesome. Uh, of course, uh, Retro Asylum. But we shouted them out like five times already in this in this episode. So. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> They deserve it all. I want to just shout out one just in in the middle of this, not because I want to take any away from you. Just just wanted to shout out to Dean because I don't know. I listened to the last episode and he seems like a, such a nice chap. Um, and so great shout out to him um, that's all i wanted to <laughs> say you can, you can yeah yeah continue what you were saying yeah, and then of course they uh, they're going to do an episode uh, based around our topic good well then yeah, i think that's it uh, there was something else i wanted to say but i forgot oh yeah well let's let's shout out to all the other you know content creators out there and say it's a hard job to keep it up so you know props to everyone who's doing it you know um, there's um, another show 
uh, similar to ours. It's the Homebrew Retro Game Club. And yeah, please listen to them. They're also putting a lot of effort in what they do and they do a really good content. So, you know, shout outs to everyone who's bringing this scene alive and, you know, putting a lot of effort. It does take quite a lot of time to put these shows together. So in this episode, we discussed Heroes Against Demons for the Master System, a new stand on the C64, (laughs) Banger Management on Spectrum, Metal Warrior Ultra on C64, and Taco Princess from the Moon for the Super Nintendo. Neko Taco, yeah. Yeah, okay. But Neko Taco, is it, isn't it like cat's octopus? Yeah, that's what I said before. So, okay. The octopus right. apparently is the head of the princess. <laughs> and Neko is cat. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, cats because you steal the fish from the cat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, if you want to send us an email, send it to game at newgameoldflame.com. And don't forget to write a review on iTunes or Spotify on, or on your podcatcher of choice. Yes, please. Uh, that helps us out big time. I don't know how the algorithms work, but I heard it's good for podcasts to have good reviews. So uh, please do that. And by that, it's the end of the show. Yes. And let's, let's leave you with the last did you know in the MSX port of Gradius, Konami code was replaced with typing hyper with a keyboard to activate all weapons instead of, you know, the Konami code on the MSX. That's it. Good stuff, guys. Have a good evening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>